And welcome to another edition of Bros. Two Brothers talking Notre Dame football and a little bit of basketball. Clutch, what's up? And a little bit of women's volleyball. A little bit of women's volleyball. Maybe the <laughs> no, soccer team. The soccer team. National championship. Couldn't pull it off. They lost to Clemson. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. No, but that's a field full of uh, future NFL field goal kickers. Oh, yes. Speaking yeah. of which, he okay. is now not missed a field goal this season. Damn. Yeah, he's on my fantasy team, and uh, he's doing really well. All right, big week for Notre Dame football. Big day for Notre Dame football. Um, we're, at, we're obviously recording this on, on Monday night, and uh, and the big news hit today. Turn this music down a little bit. And uh, Gerald Parker, our offensive coordinator, is gone. Uh, according to The Athletic, he has been hired Adios. by yeah, he's been uh, hired by Troy uh, to uh, to uh, take on a, a, the uh, head coaching job there yeah. at uh, Troy. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it's his first head coaching job, so you know, why wouldn't you take it, right? Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean. He's a young guy, so and um, and a lot of us are, are uh, good riddance, I think, because mm-hmm. I think Marcus should have made this move at the end of the season. Um, he should have. He, I mean, firing as uh, a Chauncey Stuckey, the receivers coach, was just I don't know. I mean, maybe it was. Maybe there was a really bad um, receiver room, and there was it was very toxic. And that's what the the word was coming out of Notre Dame that 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 uh, that the receivers uh, room was toxic and it was Chauncey Stuckey that uh, that uh, was the problem and so Marcus Freeman chose to uh, to hang on to Gerald Parker and didn't last long though because got a job at Troy so who is the next offensive coordinator for Notre Dame uh, Clutchy I know you're reading up on that. As we uh, as we're beginning this podcast, one of those is a very familiar name, Mike Denbrock, who's who's coached multiple times at Notre Dame over uh, the course of what two decades, three decades, almost two decades, I think. Yeah, starting with what Willingham. Yep, Willingham. Uh, I want to go back real quick, just a little food nugget here with uh, what's his face leaving. Um, does that tell you anything about the amount of money that Troy is offering him versus the offensive coordinator at a school like Notre Dame? No, I thought about that as well. And actually, when I was just talking about it, and I, and it can go two ways. I think we look at it as okay, maybe it's a, maybe it's a pay upgrade. Maybe it is. I I don't think it is. It maybe it is. Be. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be. be. It's a right. young guy looking for his first head coaching job, mm. and I don't think there's a price. You know, I mean, yes, there's a price. I'm sure he probably had an amount of money that he needs to, to make or whatever to, to be the head football coach at Troy. But um, I think it's his first head coaching job. And I think, you know, you, you you take every opportunity you can get as far as a head coaching job comes. And it's a D1 school. So why wouldn't you? What happened to Troy's head coach? Because they didn't have a bad season. That's they a good went, question. 
They went see, ten I, and ten and one. I think they lost to James Madison, number twenty-four. Uh, James Madison out of the gate, beginning of the game, season. Where is Troy uh, at? These are the Sun Belt Conference, uh, and it's already yeah, it's already, they already have it. The current head coach is Jail Parker, according to Wikipedia. Wow, that's, okay. that's not now. Again, no, it's, has anybody been to the Troy website? I don't know. Not me. No, and, and it looks like they were number eighteen last year, uh, and they played UTSA, Texas, uh, San Antonio. Uh, the only game that they beat Southern Miss this year, they beat Arkansas State, um, they beat Army. I mean, they they beat beat uh, they beat App State, Appalachian State. I mean, that's a big win. So that that coach must have. I don't know where that Troy coach went, but he went somewhere, and then yeah, Parker. Filled it so, up, but anyways. So, so uh, who was the the Troy football coach? Former Troy football coach? Do we know? I'm just going to look it up. We're here. Racing, we're racing. I know. Here we go, bringing it up, bringing it up. There's a bunch of them here. Um, uh, John Sumral. Sumral. Right. Uh. Summer ended his tenure at Troy when he announced on Friday, December 8th, that he was, had accepted the same role at Tulane. So he moved on to the head coach at Tulane. Finished uh, as Troy's head coach at 23-4 and overall record, 16-2 and in the Sunbelt Conference, and 12-0 and against the Sunbelt Western Division, 13-1 at home at Troy. So, so so it's just a coach moving on to maybe a bigger paycheck or just maybe, a, I guess, a bigger program in Tulane. Um and uh, and then you know Gerald Parker stepping in just to the fact that like look man he's a, yeah you got a good program already that you're uh, you, that you're jumping into maybe it pushes him forward to another uh, job but he could completely implode like he did the Notre Dame football uh, <laughs> side of things on the Gino offensive side Good, of things du- I can't pronounce his last name Gino Good Good, good Guide. Ugly, yeah, no, yeah, quarterback coach for Notre Dame will be the offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator for the bowl game. Good. Okay. Well, and you know what? And what's to say that down the road that um that uh, that Gino doesn't become the offensive coordinator? If Marcus Freeman's very comfortable in promoting. Shit. Well, he didn't want to promote Gerald Parker. <laughs> he did not want to promote Gerald Parker. I don't think he did. So Notre Dame wasn't going to pay the money. They were not going to pay the money to maybe get the Utah uh, uh, offensive coordinator. I mean, they flew him in. They wined and dined him and uh, said, uh, yeah, we don't have enough money for you. Bye. So um, will they do that again? Will Was that a lesson learned? I don't know. We'll see. Um, this whole Denbach thing um, – Mike Denbach, Denbrock, I apologize, Denbrock, is currently the LSU offensive coordinator. He uh, he went down with, um, well, he didn't go down with Brian Kelly. Where was he coaching prior to LSU? Was he um, Cincinnati with Freeman? So he was. So he took, did. So there was like a he had taken some time off. Cause, no, he uh, was at Cincinnati for 2017 to 2021. Okay, so so he was offensive coordinator after Brian Kelly had left and after Marcus Freeman had left. No, one was Freeman there. Well, Freeman, Freeman was hit. there in twenty one, wasn't he? No, Freeman was our defensive coordinator. Remember, Freeman oh, was yeah. We yeah, had just a year, for one year though. Right, right, right. So what I'm saying is that there was a year in between where Den Denbrock stayed put um, with Cincinnati oh, at, for at, a year, right? 
Is that correct? Two years. Well, well, two years. Freeman left in twenty one, I assume. Correct. Yeah. And so he was there. Yeah. He yeah he left. He left as soon as Kelly did. Kelly stole him from Cincinnati. Yeah. When he went down, because so, Kelly started in twenty twenty two, right? Yeah. Right? This is his second year. Yeah. So Kelly stole him from Cincinnati. But for all of you, we were talking about this off air before the show. All of you that think Denbrock is a Kelly guy, that's not true. He is a Willingham guy. He and Tyrone Willingham met up in 2001 at Stanford. And then when Willingham hired, uh, when Notre Dame hired Willingham, uh, Denbrock came along with him and was at Notre Dame from 2002 to 2004. And then 2005, 2008 went on to Washington as offensive line coach with Willingham. So. And then uh, took a trip to Indiana State for a year and uh, then came back to Notre Dame for a good stint because that's when Brian Kelly came. Uh, it was introduced as the head coach of Notre mm-hmm. Dame. Mm-hmm. And so he worked under Brian Kelly up until 2016, and that was the bad 2016. Did he get fired? He got fired, and then Kelly brought him back because he was a wide receiver's coach, tight end coach, wide receiver coach. 2014, he was an offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach. 2015 and 16, he was the assistant head coach and wide receiver coach. So, um, oh, okay, so he was promoted to the offensive yeah, I don't coordinator what year job. Was it they did really bad. 2014. Yeah, 2016, I believe, was the, the the really crap year that we had. And um, yeah, so he must have just moved on. He wasn't after an offensive coordinator though. It doesn't say anything about him. Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator for two years or three years, it looks like, and he moved on to uh, on to Cincinnati after that under Luke Fickle. Under Luke Fickle. So, and then Luke Fickle left, and uh, and then um, Marcus Freeman was there, correct, or no? And Marcus Freeman was never head coach, so he was just a defensive coordinator, and then he became the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame. So, um, yep. Yeah, so, and, you know, coach, these guys are all friends, man. It's just... Who knows? I don't know. You had mentioned that LSU said they, uh, or some guy in a fan board or whatever said something about Notre D- or uh, LSU keeping Denbrock and that he already signed um, a uh, contract. So, so Denbrock also um, it, it could reunite. Obviously, he's going to reunite with Freeman. Uh, he also coached together at Cincinnati uh, with Gino Gudugili or whatever his name is. Yeah, um, and Mike Brown, who's the new wide receiver coach. So all of them are Cincinnati boys, the whole Cincinnati crew, if he decides to come. But he's an old cat, yeah. And I don't know if we need the old blood. I think we need new blood. Like you need young blood. You I mean, know? Gerald Parker was young. I mean, he's a young dude. So what what happened with Gerald Parker? And the guy was the offensive coordinator before Notre Dame too. He, he was a coordinator at West Virginia. The decent decent team at West Virginia but I don't know no he was a no he was a I thought he was a tight end coach yeah he was a tight end coach was he, he a, was he an offensive offense at yeah West Virginia for for coordinator a, at West Virginia okay. for a very small time well rumor has it there are, Notre Dame is also looking at Joe Moorhead he is the head coach of Akron and they're also looking at Kirby Moore he is the current offensive coordinator at Missouri and I'll tell you what, Missouri had a killer running back this year. He, dude was fast. He, I think he finished finished in the top ten in the Heisman voting, in fact. Little white guy. Um, reminds me of the old days of Missouri, kind of. So Moorhead's been um, an offensive coordinator for, for a minute. Um, he's looks like he started uh, – yeah, he started coaching uh, back in 
well, he was a graduate assistant in, in Pittsburgh in, uh, in the late 90s. And from there, went to Georgetown, to Akron, to Connecticut. All these, uh, you know, as offensive coordinator slash QB coach, receiver coach. So definitely the offensive side of the ball. Mississippi State. Um, That's head coach, wasn't it? Looks like a, it. He's a head coach for Mississippi State? Yeah, for one year, yeah. Because it's just or 2018 and 2019, two years. Oh, wow. So at least that's what it looks like there. Uh, I'm looking at the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says the same thing. He was a head coach for Fordham as well back in the day, yep. or 2012. Uh, he led the, the Bulldogs to an 8-4 record in 2018, tied for the most wins of first-year school history at Mississippi State. And, um, yeah, so uh, he was fired in 2020 after going 6-7. and seven. And, uh, and then he was hired in at Oregon, right? For, mm-hmm. for one yeah. year's OC and came back in OX and then went back to Akron where he's currently at. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Who's the other? Uh, Kirby Moore. He's the offensive coordinator, uh, quarterbacks coach at Missouri. He's got a very short, this guy's young. He's only been coaching since 2014. See, I, I, I like this young blood. Even though Gerald Parker didn't seem to work out well, I, I I have to agree that these young guys, you know, they have a different way of thinking, especially in today's game. Um, I don't know. I just think that, like, yeah, can you go wrong by getting an older guy in here? No. But, you know, it's always nice to have uh, a new way of thinking, especially with uh, – you know how offenses are working nowadays with the RPO and everything else. Uh, and, and you got Freeman, who's young. You've got and you yeah. got all this young blood, and you and it's in, and it's just you know fresh ideas, fresh ways of thinking about things. Um, you know, if you oh, I I that's why I kind of don't I kind of don't want Denbrock because he's doing what Kelly used to do. Kelly used to grab all the guys he's coached with in the past from Grand Valley, and he wouldn't really dabble much outside his little you know circle of coaches um well here's here's an interesting thing i didn't i had no idea but he is the brother of kellen moore the offensive coordinator for the chargers and old and and the old quarterback from boise state um right yeah he actually was a i think he got uh he was a quarterback at um he was uh he got drafted but i think he uh he was for the Lions for a bit. Okay. That's interesting. It is, it is, and Kirby looks like he was a wide receiver at uh, at Idaho as well. Or, or Boise State, I'm sorry. Boise State. Because he started off, um, yeah, they're right there. Boise State wide receiver from 2009 to 2013. Okay. Well, that'd be, that'd be interesting. So he knows he knows the offense really well then, I would assume, you know, working with his brother and playing that side that, that see that's where i think they need to go and see he hasn't been he he's, he's at missouri but they might be able to afford him you know because he's he hasn't he doesn't have a big resume yet well now everybody's but nobody's drooling over him well and his brother's a damn good offensive coordinator for the chargers i know that uh anyways let's move on uh, who, uh we'll keep you updated i'm not sure by by the time we record next week i'm sure we'll have an offensive offensive coordinator um, getting into uh, strength and conditioning, we spend a whole year after uh, 
after uh, who was it? Um, Matt Bayless uh, left Notre Dame. He was very, very good strength and conditioning uh, strength and conditioning coordinator, right? Is that what they, what they call him? Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, and was and very much a Notre Dame guy. I mean, he lived in the area. I think his son his son goes to Penn uh, Penn High School there in Mishawaka, and just out of the blue, just like I think a week or two before the season started, he decided that he was quitting and, uh, and no one knew why. So there, I'm sure there's a reason why, but we, I won a whole year. Maybe there was a, a pseudo strength and conditioning coordinator over the year, but, uh, they finally looked into, uh, into hiring somebody and pulled in this gentleman from the Broncos, who was a former strength and conditioning coordinator at the Bronco, the Denver Broncos, oh, yeah, yeah. Lauren Lando, Landau, Landau. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know much about strength and conditioning coordinators. Um, obviously lift some weights, get bigger, get stronger, but, um, you know, there's, there's an art to it, right? I guess there's mm-hmm. an art to it. And, uh, Matt Bayless certainly, uh, was respected. So I hope this guy is respected too. I mean, uh, looks like, uh, his, uh, sports performance long predates his time with the Broncos, a university of Northern Colorado graduate found, founded Lando performance in 2007 and has worked with thousands of athletes oh. across the country. So he actually, he, he, he does this for a living outside of college football. He has his own business, but he does professional football, baseball, hockey, mixed martial arts. Olympic swimmers and skiers. So he, he does it all. Hmm. So hmm. Uh, the list of NFL players Lando has worked with in the past include all pro running back, Kristen McCaffrey. Nice. All pro outside linebacker, Von Miller, hall of fame quarterback, Peyton Manning. And he's also worked with former Nordian players, Brady Quinn and Ryan Harris. So Good deal. Yeah, I like it. I anything that's going to give us the advantage, um, especially on the field. Um, you know, this it starts with this guy, right? Yeah. So, all let right. Me, who, oh, go ahead. Real you quick, got, let me throw hey, a little, yeah, yeah. little more real quick mix in there. I found out the Athletic has actually got a short list of uh, offensive coordinator um, list. Uh, obviously, Dan Brock's on there. They're talking about the head coach for Toledo is on there. Obviously, Joe Moorhead. We talked about him already. Uh, those are, those are the three big ones right off the bat. Um, the next big things group of coordinators that they're talking about Kirby Moore, the guy from Missouri. Okay. And the whole reason I, I wouldn't have brought this up except for the next one on the next big things is the old miss co-offensive coordinator, Charlie what? Weiss jr. Oh, <laughs> so no, okay. that that would be better than uh, Skip Holtz coming on and and you know coming back. Uh, I think he might that might be cool. He knows he knows campus, <laughs> so uh, I, yeah. I was talking to a guy about podcasts and uh, he because he's got a pretty successful one that he started back uh, during COVID, and uh, he's he's just like you know what you just need, you need guests you need and and he goes why don't you reach out to Charlie Weiss and I'm like. It's not a bad idea. I'm I'm sure I could probably find him and get a hold of him. He's probably not doing shit. Yeah, what's he doing? I don't know. Yeah. Let's, get, let's get him on the show. Have a cheeseburger. Um, probably will have him on now. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we are going to talk about the big 
big transfer portal get that uh, we had talked about leading up into this podcast before, but it wasn't uh, set yet. It is the addition of uh, ex-Duke quarterback Riley Leonard. Clutch, what do you think? What do you think about Riley Leonard? Um, do you think he's going to start right away? Do you think, uh, or you think he's going to have to battle against uh, peanut butter and jelly? Uh, I think, I don't know. I don't, uh, he's got legs on him. He's going to want to run a little bit. Um, not like, like a running quarterback. Um, that may help him out initially. Well, he's um, big. He's a big dude. He's two twelve six four. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big guy coming at you. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, where? Uh, what's his face? Lloyd Carr's grandson's on campus th- throwing the ball around. I heard he's been pressing people already right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I definitely think somebody's going to get pissed off and leave at some point, uh, whether it's peanut butter and jelly or uh, Minchie, one of those two, I'd assume. Car car is green enough that he can say, "Okay, I'll sit this first year." Hopefully, he's not too cocky. Um, so it's just going to so. be a good quarterback uh, competition. Now, my thoughts on CJ Carr. He for this kid is gold blue through and through. I mean, since day one, he's done nothing but talk Notre Dame, talk about recruiting other players to come to Notre Dame. Oh, I didn't and, mean it. I didn't mean he no, no, no. Leave. I, no, I don't think he meant that. But I'm just saying is that like, if if there was ever the thought, the intention of leaving, I don't think this kid would ever leave. I think he plans on being the number one quarterback at some point. Um, obviously, I don't think it's going to be this year. Maybe it'd be next year. I don't know. He's he's going to have some stiff right. competition. You know, you got you got Deuce uh, McKnight coming in. They say Deuce McKnight. Is it Deuce Knight? I don't, I don't, Deuce Knight. I, this is I why no know. one watches our podcast or listens. We can't because we can't remember <laughs> names. Because <laughs> we're so old. Um, it's probably Knight. It is. It's Knight, not McKnight. That's so. You got McDonald's on the brain, like the McRib. Well, it's it's funny because you know, I work uh, you know in TV and uh, and I work with reporters and a lot of people like out uh, in the public, especially in uh, in and around from Detroit. Um, we'll add a Mick to last names. And so I think now I started doing it. Um, what? The, they call you Mick Phillips? Well, they won't, because I'm not on TV, but, you know, I like, you know, the the reporters that I work with sometimes, oh. they'll be like, Mick, Mick Langton. And I'm like, well, okay. Oh, really? Or Mick Duff. Jeez. Yeah, it's 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 strange, okay. but whatever. Um, All right. Anyways, so, you know what? Uh, now, uh Another thing about uh, the transfer portal that we were, you and I and and our friend Wayne were talking about was the fact that there was word or at least rumor that some of these uh, receivers were asked to leave Notre Dame, and it's not mm. the first time I've I've heard this whole thing about the transfer portal where coaches will say, "Hey, look, thank you, but we're looking." to go elsewhere and and try to move them out of the program or at least encourage them to leave. Um, I don't know why they would encourage a, a, a guy like Rico Flores to leave. I don't think they did. I think that he wanted to go back to California and he uh, he actually signed with uh, UCLA this week, the last few days. Um, I don't know. 
it, it's a it's a good question. I, I I don't know, but they we did pick up two uh, receivers, and and I think whether it's Riley Leonard or if it's um you know peanut butter and jelly or you know um um I keep forgetting his first name um Minchie. Um, any of those guys or whatever, I think we're going to have receivers to throw to. Plus we got, uh, we got some good, really good, uh, receivers coming in, uh, as freshmen as well. So moving yeah, on I, from there. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I agree with you. I just, yeah, it's going to be a good quarterback, uh, um, competition next spring. And, um, man, I'd really like to see Carr just jump in and throw the ball at the around during the bowl game just to see how he looks, or even Minchie. I don't, you know, throw him in too and just to see what's going on. I don't think that that screws up any redshirting. I think they have to play four games. No, it's four games. Yeah, yeah. so I think throw him in. Yeah, why not? You got he breaks his ankle. You know, he's he's got months to shrug it off. You know, I don't know. I just get him We'd, in there and you know see if they see if the the lights make him you know, elevate their game up more than it does in practice. So didn't we, I, I thought we picked up another receiver, uh, Sam Hartman's favorite target from wake forest. Yeah. Um, there was a guy from, uh, Florida he was talking about me. He came to visit. We, I, I, yep. I know that guy and I know the Clemson receiver. That's it. And there's uh Notre Dame successfully woos wake receiver. Here it is. Uh, and this is Notre Dame has had a heck of a run at the transfer portal of the December. And now Marcus Freeman is trying to go after Jamal Brank, Jamal Banks. Um, he had made a visit to Notre Dame uh, this past week. So he, I don't think he's announced yet though. Hmm. Um, so he's also looking at, uh, looks like maybe the golden gophers of Minnesota. Um, but there, so, so they might have a third receiver, which would be great. I mean, why wouldn't you just come? Why wouldn't he come to uh, Notre Dame when, uh, when Sam Hartman was here? Yeah. I don't know. That would have been great. Wow. If, if he comes on, that's a, he's a four star receiver turning yeah. upward. So he's uh, looking at um, – he's got offers from Michigan, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. So he's – I'll tell you what, though. they Notre Dame may be like, hell no, not in that. We already saw what happened with because they run that weird – I forgot the name of the offense. offense. I mean, that's the whole reason they, they – you know, they said, oh, maybe – Maybe Hartman will be all right, and then he got here, and it's just like he just doesn't. He can throw. He can throw the long ball to the corner, and that's about it. That's slow mesh. The slow, slow mesh. mesh. Yeah. The slow maybe, mesh. Maybe even wide receivers in that don't do very good. Maybe that Notre Dame's like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. All right. Last note on the transfer portal: R.J. Oben, defensive edge from Duke, also came over to uh, to Notre Dame and signed with Notre Dame. Big dude. Um, he had uh, 17 total tackles. Uh, I'm sorry, 17 tackles total, seven solo, 10 assists, five sacks, and um, that's, about it. that's about it. He had a big year in 2021. 26 total tackles, 15 solo, 11 assists, five sacks, three forced fumbles, an interception. Huge year in 2021. Kind of have a, had a fall off. Who's this? R.J. Oben. That's the guy from Duke? Yeah. Yeah. Edge rusher. Yeah. So those two guys coming in, 
uh, from Duke. So that's good that we're doing a pretty decent job of the transfer portal. Um, I, I don't think I saved it, but there was a, there was a guy that got all pissed off this week on Twitter and it was on a mention of something. And actually, no, I sent it to you and then he deleted it, but he, he got in this whole oh, yeah. thing about like tradition and Notre Dame. And if you think this is the right way that Notre Dame should be going, um, as far as like grabbing guys out of the portal, no, we, we, we get guys that are Notre Dame guys and, and guys that want to stick in the, pro, uh, stay in the program. And I'm like, where is this guy been living? What rock are you living under where this tradition? See, the thing is that that's a bad way to, to, to try to play college football in this day and age. You cannot play like you did 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. 40 years ago you have to adapt with the time i don't it doesn't matter what kind of tradition is, there is i know i mean just look at the whole you know um uh independent status i mean there was there was talk about notre dame maybe being pushed because of these power five conferences coming together and joining the big 10 or or joining the, the sec whatever whatever conferences are going to be left over uh, because they have to change they have to adapt but as long as as they if they don't have to they stay independent and um, and still hold on to some traditions. And the academic traditions are, you know, those aren't really traditions. Just those are, uh, you know, academic requirements. So that's why, you know, you have to do well academically to play at Notre Dame. That's just the way it is. And, but I think as far as going into the transfer portal and finding guys like a Riley Leonard from Duke, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm finding a guy like Sam Hartman or whatever. I mean, this is what it is. And, I don't see anything wrong with that. And I, go ahead. I think he was, I think he was, it was a combination of two things. Uh, the transfer, pulling people from the transfer portal, but also gently nudging those players that aren't working out, out of your program. And I think that's what bent him sideways. But I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, if you want to keep that tradition and that kind of mentality, then you might as well pack your bags and go sit on the bench with army and Navy and, you know, teams like that that just, you know, that aren't going to be able to change for their reasons are a little bit different, obviously, because of the military commitment. But uh, you're just not going to you're, you're never going to get back to those glory days. 88 was the last national championship. And if you have another national championship, it's going to be just luck. Um, you're not going to be com- competitive with the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Michigans, the Ohio States um, anymore, or Washington now for that matter. Um, College football to me was always cyclical. You'd have a bunch of teams like a USC that do really good, and then they'd suck for a number of years for a decade, and then they get new coach in, and then, you know, like Pete Carroll, and here they come back roaring again, and they start getting good again. And now, you know, they've kind of sucked for the last few years. Um I thought Notre Dame could jump, be like that too, but it just seems like they don't pay their. There's a lot of stuff that there's the mentality, and this guy's kind of hitting on what he sees and what he probably saw, and we've already talked about it. You know, the the school isn't going to pay for some of these coaches the higher dollar, um, right? And we've got to do some things that you know to or Notre Dame's got to do some things to get those good players to come in and play at Notre Dame. It used to be, remember back in the day, oh, we can't get that player because he doesn't have the grades. <laughs> that, that's right. not even a, that's not even on the, t- on the table anymore for the discussion. We don't even talk about that anymore. You get I mean, these they, guys coming in transfer portal and you're like, yeah, somehow he'll play. <laughs> right. Like, they, they do and they don't. They, every once in a while, it'll come back and somebody will bring it up. 
But again, it's it it, it does has nothing to do with anything because because I think college athletes are smarter coming into college. You know, not every single one of them, but there's a large batch of kids that play that play college football are they're pretty highly intelligent young men. And they want careers. They want to do, be able to do things after their career in football, whether that's the NFL or not. I mean, a Notre Dame, if you can get into a Notre Dame and play football and get a degree from Notre Dame, I mean, doors just open for you automatically. Yeah, I think, I think back in the day, I'm trying to think back in the day, you just got these guys that were like just talented. They weren't going to, you know, um, what do they call it? What do they call the, these quarterback camps and all this crap, you know, throughout the throughout their high school career, preparing for their chance to get uh, to get, um, you know, courted by a big name college. Right. And so you're right. I think they in that pre- preparation for college and eventually the NFL, they know they got to keep their grades up at some point. They may not be straight A's, but. But back in the day, the 80s and stuff like that, even some of the 90s or the 70s, you got these guys that were just, you know, they just they just had it. They weren't going to any quarterback camps. In the summertime, they were running around town like the rest of us. But, man, they'd get on the field and just sling the ball around or be able to run the ball. And those are the guys that you had to watch out for that didn't have the grades. I don't think that applies now. You prepare all around uh your, oh yeah, I your mean, education and athletic both. So you have a school in Florida that is designed to get you into a college football program. Oh. Yeah, the IMG whatever academy it is. So I mean, it, yes, college football is a big, big, big money maker, and you got to be smart if you're in it. Notre Dame's a good program. I mean, I think Notre Dame leads the NFL, or at least is pretty close in, of leading the NFL with a number of of. Um, total NFL drafted players throughout the course of their, you know, um, you know, years or whatever. So that says something. All right. Mm -hmm. So um, getting out of there, I think we're going to finish up. We're going to wrap up with, uh, with Chip Kelly. There were some other things I wanted to talk about. I, 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 you know, transfer poll. We do, we did get a kicker, by the way, Mike Jeter, no relationship to, uh, to the other Jeter um, that you had pointed out. Derek. Uh, Yep. And um, but let's get to the the Chip Kelly thing. So this week, Chip Kelly is during during a press conference. I'm assuming for like the bull game that he's prepping for, had talked about uh, you know what the college football what college football should look like in the future. And uh, and this is what he came up with. I'm just going to share his uh, little feed here as he's preparing that. Oh, here we go. Yep. Here we go. What is the the biggest issue that you might have right now, whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal, and what would your, your plan maybe be to, to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem, and I think we need to have a conference commissioner. I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they say, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. You can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the group of five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams 
And then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent. And you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've a lot of spent the time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group, and said so there's 132 teams and we all share in the same we all share the same TV contract so that the Mountain West doesn't have one and the Sun Belt doesn't have another and SEC has one and they have another that we all go together that's a lot of games and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it you can sponsor each one instead of calling it group of five and power five you can call it Amazon Nike bid that out to things you know a lot of different things but I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money and I would do this and I think this needs to be done that money now needs to be shared with the student athletes and there needs to be revenue sharing and the players should get paid and you get rid of NLI and the school should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. All right. Hmm. So clutch. That was the first time you heard that. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's put more thought of it through it apparently than I have. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good thing. The, the one thing that stuck out to me as he was saying this, it started making my mind drift is as soon as he said TV, TV gets involved. I mean, look at all the controversy when Florida State didn't make the playoffs. Uh, there was there was a conspiracy theory that said that um, the Disney CEO of Disney was pissed off. Um, how did this go down? Something to the fact that he was pissed off uh, about. Um, something or other i and because disney owns uh espn um oh i think it was because a uh, governor uh what who's the governor of florida and how he 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 told disney they couldn't be their own little town anymore and control their own stuff so the conspiracy was he sat in on that board that when they were voting for teams and he specifically said do not include florida state keep it and make sure you get alabama in here because we need to keep an sec team because that's part of espn and they own espn the great conspiracy yeah. uh totally don't think that happened at all but point my point is get back to chip kelly is you get TV involved in these big networks and stuff, and man, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be like pulling teeth to try to get any change because no one wants right. to give or or budge on anything. Well, I think Chip Chip Kelly is trying to uh, maybe make himself the um, uh, the the commissioner of this uh, of this. Hmm. I don't even know what you would call it, but um, it's, I think it's a great idea. The it fact is, that yeah. you make everybody independent. It's one conference, one super conference, one power five. You put all the power fives in, and you and you jump around and go to different regions each and every year. I mean, how and meanwhile. And meanwhile, Notre Dame goes, eh, we've been doing that for decades. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, they figured it out a long time ago. And it was a long time ago, this is how they were, how they did things, and they never stopped. So, yep. um, t and, but no, nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to walk in the footsteps of Notre Dame. You know, they don't want to do that. And, uh, which is, I think it's completely stupid and ignorant. But again, how do you get rid of these super conferences as conference, like the big 10, the sec, how do you get rid of these super conferences? 
there's so much yeah. money involved. There's so much t- TV revenue involved. It's just, and you know, when do the contracts run out? How do you, I don't know. It's a great idea. I don't know how, how you do it. I don't know how you pull it together, but it would be great to see at least try to head that direction because right now college football is getting, it's getting crazy. I mean, it's really getting crazy with all these kids jumping into transfer portals at each and every year. The fact that like half, more than half, all these West Coast teams or whatever are coming over here to the East. You know, like a USC, UCLA, I mean, Big Ten Conference. I mean, how ridiculous is that to see these teams playing over here? And how are they going to adapt to the schedule of getting on a plane and having and to fly over here each and every week to play these yeah. different teams. I mean, at some point it's going to be rough on these kids trying to manage an actual college schedule for academics. And then the flip side have to plan the travel to go across country and play a team. Right. Right. I don't yeah, know. No, I agree. I, it's, Football, football, if they can handle it. Some and some some schools, maybe the football program couldn't even handle it because they're so small. I mean, look at Troy. Is Troy gonna be able to fly all over the United States to to uh play all these teams? I don't know. A lot of teams too are just running out of money, man. And I, I you know, they're not getting the big contracts. I mean, how about the, these Pac ten teams that are still sitting in the Pac ten? Um, you know, where do they go? What yeah. do they do? Are are they gonna join the Mountain West? Who knows? I. It's going to get crazy, and it's going to get even crazier in college football. However, the one thing that we do know for certain is that Notre Dame plays Oregon State in, uh, what, about two and a half weeks? Is that yep. right? Two yep. and a half weeks. So um, so get ready because, uh, man, it's been a long time since, you know, since I've watched some college football, and that will be the last game for quite some time. Um, Clutch, thanks again. I appreciate you as, as always. And uh, go Irish. Go Irish. Come on, basketball team. Oh, that's another thing, too. Is this basketball team going to get to 10 wins? No, baby, they're not. <laughs> I don't know, man. They should have beat – that Georgetown game was a winnable game. They should have won that game. Yeah, no, I agree. They just I just don't think they're glued up. They, uh, they can't play with each other. And um, I don't know how – I mean, the best player on that team is, is uh, Burton. I mean, and, he's – I like his play. He's a freshman, though. I mean, he needs he needs well, another year to kind they of. They have a they have a lot of freshmen, but does, does it get you excited that they have a lot of talent? Right as right now, they have a lot of talent, a lot of young talent, but they have a lot of talent. Does it excite you to see Notre Dame, you know, playing with a different style, different coach? I mean, it's it's not the Mike Bray anymore. It's Coach Shrewsbury, and um, I think I don't know. I think that these players are. They're they're going to get better. I think we know that. They're going to get better. They're going to stick around for a while. I don't know. I, I like this team right now. I, I just, you know, it does suck that they're, they're growing. I think that I was watching them play against that Georgetown game, and they remind me of an early Mike Bray team. They don't remind me of the, the last few years. Um they still stuff the ball on a fast break, and they're all alone. They don't you don't hammer it down and pump up the team like a big dunk. There, there's not enough. There's here. There's no personality on the team. You know what I mean? You don't have somebody that's oh, you know. You just and I not that you need personality on a basketball team, but it just feels like the guy they're out there just kind of doing their thing, and 
I don't know. It, it, it excites me that they're new players and new coach, but the play has been kind of like, eh, this doesn't look any different than any other Notre Dame basketball team I've seen in the last 10 or 15 years or whatever with Bray. It just it looks more like an early couple of years with Bray when he had Troy Troy Mur- Troy Murphy? No, that wasn't that wasn't Bray, was it? No, well, it was originally no. No, it wasn't I mean McLeod. Yes. No, not McLeod. It was uh Yeah, it was McLeod. Well, McCl- uh, the other guy, what's his name uh that coached North Carolina afterwards yeah. um Yeah, it was him. It was only one year. That was he was only had Notre Dame for a year. I don't remember. McLeod, just, I think I McLeod know. recruited. But the, the thing is is that th- th- there hasn't been a lot of like young talent, Notre Dame talent that you knew right from the get-go, wow, this kid's going to be a special kid. Um, Burton looks like it. Um, is it Tay Davis? Is he a freshman? See, this is another thing, too, is that, like, i got to study this uh, yeah. this, this lineup because, I, I mean, some of these guys are – they. you look at him, you're like, God, he looks familiar. It looks like, like somebody that had played for Notre Dame like five years ago, but he's a freshman. Um, Burton obviously is, is their go-to guy right now. Um, very skilled guard, and they're going to get better. Trust me. They're getting the 10 wins. Trust me, Clutch. They're getting the 10 wins, and I think they're going to even get more than 10 wins. They're going to get one They're going to get may, one more before uh, maybe the, 12. Uh, ACC play t- kicks in. He almost said and the then, biggies. And then you got five to sprinkle in the rest of the season anywhere you want, and that'll get them to 10. I'm, I said 10 wins, so they will get to 10. They will not get to 11. All right. I think they're going to get to 11. Well, Keep talking about it, and uh, hopefully uh, Notre Dame gets better throughout the season here, so especially in the ACC. This is where actually this is where the 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 competition is going to get a lot stiffer. You're going to start playing North Carolina and Duke, and whew, it's going to get tough. Anyways, uh, that that's going to do it for uh, this edition of Broish Two Brothers Talking Notre Dame Football. We'll see you next week. Go Irish. Sure. Feed him if you're coming for me Hope you're ready for it